Well, top of the morning to you. It's our Tuesday key market drivers call for middle of August, August 15th. There is our contact info. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So let's just go ahead and hop in and get after it. Uh, what's driving markets right now? Well, for starters, although I don't think it's a big input, uh, we had our August WASD. The August WASD, as we mentioned last week, is the first in the series for the USDA at this time of the year where they use their objective yield survey methodology. Uh, in August, they don't have boots on the ground just yet. They'll start that next month. But it is often that report that kind of sets the stage for what we're likely to see here in the next two or three or four reports. So unfortunately, as we'll show you this one, eh, not a whole lot different than what the trade was looking for. I suppose you could say maybe a little bit supportive uh, as the yields for both corn and beans were just a touch below the average trade estimates, but honestly, probably not enough to make much of a difference. But we will show you uh, the report output here in just a second. Got a bit of a weather change, uh, a comment that Paige is going to talk to you about. On the one hand, we've really had great rains as we've kind of come through uh, July and into the first part of August, and rain makes grain. That's been pressuring markets, but Looks like things are changing. Um, looks like we've got some uh, ridging maybe building in. We've got some heat coming back. Uh, the moisture's kind of going away. So uh, Paige will talk about that. That's kind of maybe a little bit of a shift. The reason that you've been seeing the bean market react a bit more to that than the corn market uh, is because the corn's much of it, I think, in the U.S. has probably got enough moisture to get to the finish line. Scott, I think certainly around here that's the case, don't you think? Definitely on the corn side of things, uh, and certainly the beans that I've looked at, too. Um, maybe if we turn hot, you take the top end off of what the beans are around here, but I think a lot of the beans around here are just about done also. Do you? Okay. I mean, you, you saw that that uh, field that we saw last Friday. Mm -hmm. um, it, it has the potential to be, you know, um, maybe an out of the park kind of a thing, but uh, if they don't get any more rain from here, it's only a triple, you know? Yeah. Still pretty good, pretty Still, good bean crop. Yeah. You know, I noticed when you're looking at the, the the crop conditions and all the data that the USDA gives us, that's another one that was a head scratcher for me. We've only got 76, if you believe the USDA, we've only got 76% of the beans around here that are setting pods. Yeah, I... I I don't buy where, that. Where is that field that's not already setting pods? I, I mid of August. I don't believe yeah, that either. I, that's that's the county agent that uh, yeah put me down for the same as last week. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, a, a couple headlines here. I think to hit. I've already talked a bit about the weather. I'll talk about the wash here in just a second. But this middle one right here, I wanted to kind of touch on. When we get the August WASD is when the uh, FSA, the Farm Service Administration or agency. I think it's agency. Agency. Um, part of the USDA. They start reporting on filings by farmers for prevent planted areas. Uh, those are acres. I'm going to get too far off into the detail ditch here, but part of the crop insurance program in the U.S. is if it's too wet for a farmer or, or other reasons that a farmer can't get his crop planted, he can file for what's prevent, what's called prevent plant. Doesn't spend the money putting the crop in the ground, but he, but he also gets a, a reduced insurance payout for that. Now, the FSA will start tracking filings in August, and they will report monthly updates to us all the way through to January when they got all the data compiled and finalized. 
I think a farmer can file for a permit plant all the way up until like October, November, something like that. And then FSA get it, gets it compiled. So you got to be a little bit careful uh, what you read into the data. But this first pass that they gave us indicated, as you might suspect, was really a very nice spring planting cycle that we had this spring. Uh, not really a whole lot of prevent plant acres. And uh, Bill, the economist we work with, his analysis of this was, again, he uh, um, requested caution. You got to be very careful with the early ones, like I said. But maybe we pick up a few corn and bean acres because we didn't prevent plant quite so many. Uh, his initial pass was maybe a million to a million and a half additional uh, corn acres and, and up to a million additional bean acres. But again, we'll uh, we will continue to report on that as the FSA continues to report data to us. So let's talk about the WASDE. Everybody's eyes kind of immediately go to the new crop uh, yield, uh, the new crop production numbers. You can see those in the bottom square on the left-hand side there. Let me get my cursor over here. Here's your 175.1 and the corresponding corn crop. Uh, trade was looking for 175.5, so less than a half an acre, half a bushel an acre difference. It's lower, so I suppose that's supportive, but the reality of the situation is it's kind of close enough for government work is uh, how the market looked at it. Same for beans, uh, 50.9 bushels an acre instead of 51.2. Again, close enough for government work. Kind of the market's eyes immediately went back to uh, the weather and what the weather looked like. One of the things though, when you start looking up here and the trade wasn't looking for a lot different, but when you look at these new crop ending stocks on beans, when you look at this number right here, whether it's 245 or whether it's the 260 that the trade was looking for, that's pretty damn snug. Uh, that is not a lot of extra beans. Now, just like this year, where we're gonna end up at about the same spot, you see up here 260 is what the USDA is forecasting for this crop year that'll end uh, for beans the end of this month. Um, that is enough beans to get you to the finish line without really having to talk about rationing, but boy, not much. I think that's about 5% of use or a little bit over, uh, you know, 5%. If you can do the math in your head here real quick of a 52 week year, that's about two and a half weeks worth of beans left at the beginning of September. And you typically don't start harvest till mid late September anyway. So that is just barely enough beans to limp to the finish line. The reason that this import is important, we've talked about it in past calls, is that that's just not enough safety stock for the market to, to deal with a some sort of a change in the future. What might change? Well, weather could give us a little bit less yield. That makes that even worse. That's why the market's reactive to weather. We're expecting the USDA is forecasting the mother of all record soybean crops in South America this coming growing season. But remember, we haven't even planted it yet, much less grown it. So, you know, if we would have weather problems down there, that means the world leans more on the U.S. Uh, on exports, again, reduces that. So uh, the soybean market is going to be pretty goosey to anything that goes on just simply because we don't have any safety stock. So. On the wheat side of things, Scott, what did we learn uh, from the USDA last Friday? Well, on the total, uh, you see upper right-hand corner there, we went down 5 million acres. Now, obviously, that was acres. Bushels. Check that. <laughs> bushels. Down 5 million bushels. The by-class, um, you know, we, we added a little bit, you know, a dribble here to the hard red winter wheat up eight. 
uh, added a little bit, added more than a little bit, I guess, to the soft red winter wheat. You're up 18. Um, but then when you look at that other spring number, now that's down from what it was in July at 450. When you peel out the soft, man, I've got some problems this morning. When you peel out the hard red spring, I guess. Uh, the hard red spring number went down 28 million bushels to 413. Now, obviously, we, we don't know that yet. That's um, the, 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 the winter wheat numbers are pretty much done. Um, and uh, the, the thing about the spring wheat is, as you know, we're just kind of at the first third of, of, uh, uh, of harvest up there. Um, and we won't get another look at that spring wheat number in the September WASD. In fact, we won't get it all the way until the end of September when we get the small grains summary. Um, I have a tendency to believe it's probably bigger than that 413 that they're looking at, but you know we'll have to wait and see. Um, you see the ending stocks there went up a little bit. That's up 23 million bushels to 615. You know, we were kind of already snug at a 592. We're a little less snug today, uh, 33.6 stocks to use. And then in the world, uh, the world crop was, was uh, production was actually down 3 million tons, a little over 3 million tons. But the uh, domestic total, the use in the world was also down 3 million tons. Uh, so you see there in the lower right-hand corner, the ending stocks just a little bit smaller, down one. Um, so uh, again, nothing to be terribly concerned about there in the world. All right. Well, thank you. That's the WASDE from last week. And again, uh, no big surprises. This is our agronomy minute. Scott and I uh, uh, coming back from lunch last week, field up here north of town. Um, just thought we'd stop and take uh, some pictures of the bean field. We had some corn on there last week. Uh, and you can see here, if you look, I think this middle picture is even more of a close-up. You see these little pods, uh, these little pods that are forming. Uh, I think this was a little bloom, didn't we figure out? This yeah, was kind that of was a, a little bloom there. That is a little bloom right there that is kind of starting to turn into a pod. This is at the top of the bean plant. And the reason that that's important, you've kind of heard us talk about before, uh, it's this late moisture that allows that plant, those flowers and the small little pods at the top of the plant to turn into bigger pods, which have beans in them. If you don't get the late moisture, uh, the plant will just abort these. They'll ju it just dumps them off. You actually, you can walk into fields like we had the last two years. You can actually see the little pods laying on the ground uh, because the plant just doesn't have the moisture to fill those out. We had a farmer at our crop tour a couple years ago told us that the late moisture in the field of his that we were standing there looking at, he said, that's the difference between 45 bushel beans and 65 or 70 bushel beans is, is that late moisture. And that's why we're watching the forecast as much. This field right here is probably just about got enough moisture to get to the finish line. And if you look at this picture way over here on the right, look at this plant. It is just absolutely loaded with pods. This is a uh, this is certainly going to be, I think, at this point, above. this is going to be above average. Right. Uh, it's a matter, like you said, of whether this is a triple or a home run. This is that's all the same plant, by the way. And so when you look at the far right, if we don't get any more rain, the stuff that's in the middle, like Dave says, isn't going to be there. But all the rest of those in the far right picture are going to go. They're going to make beans. Yeah. yeah, they're all going to make beans. So we get probably one more rain on this field. And this is. 
This is probably well above average beans right here. What oh, you yeah. With one more rain. Yep. And it's probably average or better than average at this point, even without much any more rain. Oh, yeah. This is this will be well. That's a well over 50 bushel bean field right there. Uh, getting into this uh, <laughs> corn market, uh, it just feels to me, I've said this last week, I'll say it again, the corn market just wants to go down. Uh, it was down another couple percent, but remember we were down, it was down over 7% last week. I think I looked uh, since the end of July, or maybe it was the 25th of July, I think the B market is down about 7.5% and corn's down about uh, twice that as a percentage. Uh, the corn market just wants to go down, but why is it not going down any faster than it is? Well, look at that. I showed you a new crop bean corn ratio last week that I told you was historically very elevated at over 2.6. It's now up to two and three quarter. And the Brazilian farmer is going to start planting in about a month. Going to start planting in about a month. And the market's got enough corn here in the U.S. I think we have enough corn globally, but the corn market doesn't want to lose too damn many acres to this South American planting cycle. So um, corn is, it wants to go down, but it just can't stray too far, I think, at this point from the bean market. I'm going to say this out loud and I'll probably jinx myself. I'd be surprised if that 2.75 gets a hell of a lot bigger than that. That is historically way, way, way up there. Um, crop conditions, crop looks pretty good. Crop conditions up a little bit more than expected uh, last week to 59%, good to excellent. Again, I'm not sure exactly what that means or how accurate it is, but uh, if you believe the USDA, we got 96% of the US corn crop is soaking. I have no idea where that other 4% would be. I, I really have no idea. It's like your, uh, it's like the beans uh, numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the good news for the corn market, if it wants to go down, is that bean prices uh, are falling. But uh, the reality of the situation is uh, it can only go so far, and bean prices aren't falling that fast. They've actually gone back higher this week with the drier forecast. So I think that's enough about corn. What do you got for us on uh, the wheat market, Scotty? Bit of a mixed bag last week on the prices, but uh, we have fallen uh, a good bit already. Um, and so uh down just a little bit again yesterday a little bit again this morning um not a lot of news out of the black sea uh, however i would note that um now that we're kind of in this new uh era if you will over there uh russia actually um they 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 had a ship a commercial ship that they were curious about <laughs> wouldn't stop uh, and so they fired warning shots, and then they actually intercepted it and in inspected the, the vessel. Turns out there was nothing there, and they, they turned it loose. But that's the way they're going to be doing things going forward. Um, and it's kind of caused a little bit of a backlog of some, some ships uh, there going through the, uh, uh, the Bosphorus. Um, but, it, again, it's proof that that's the way they're going to handle things going forward for right now. Uh, what does that mean? For grain shipments, uh, probably not as much as you might think. This is inbound vessels going towards uh, the Ukraine. So um, enough said about that. Harvest on the winter wheat side is just about done. You see there, uh, even the hard red winter wheat is at 98%. Uh, our U.S. Wheat Associates, um, you know, they're... Uh, uh, they they uh, haven't 
finished all of their work or all of their analysis on their samples, but it's hanging right in there where we were talking about 12.9 to 13% protein, which is well above average, a good percent and a half above average with good falling numbers. And on the soft red side, stick a fork in it. It's, it's really completely done now. Uh, there's still a little bit to finish up in Michigan, but um, U.S. Wheat Associates have uh, sampled all of that crop that they're going to sample. And uh, you see the protein there, uh, 9.2, a little bit lower. And that's kind of what I was expecting. So when we had that blip here a couple of weeks back, that's why I was scratching my head. Falling number, pretty good, 318. The flower data, uh, again, similar to what it was saying last week, which was similar to last year. Cookie spread around, you know, 9.9, which is a little higher than average. So the last thing would be on the, the spring wheat harvest. Now we're at 24% harvested versus 28 on average. We really don't have any hard data yet. Uh, samples still coming in to U.S. Wheat Associates, but uh, everybody is reporting um, average to maybe a little better yields with decent quality. Um, so it kind of uh, flies a little bit in the face of what we heard from Uncle Sam with a smaller spring wheat crop. We'll have to we'll have to see. It's early yet. Yeah. We should start to get some more data, I would think, on the protein and the quality side next week, wouldn't you think? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get more protein and, and quality data, and we'll get more uh, reports out of the field. Yeah, we'll, so we'll be probably close to the what forty percent? Well, maybe not thirty-five or so percent harvested next week. Yeah, if it, it keeps heating up, like Paige, I think is going to tell yeah. us, it'll probably help things too. Uh, soybeans down last week, another fifty cents. Like I said, I think in the last two or three weeks, we've lost about seven and a half, seven point seven percent, something like that, on soybean prices as the weather's been good. Uh, that decline has kind of stalled this week with the weather. Uh, that we'll get into. You see the U.S. crop conditions actually went up a good bit more than the trade was looking for, 59% good to excellent, up five points from last week. But again, um, that puts the crop actually a little bit better looking than last year. And I tell you what, around here, it's a lot better looking than last year. Uh, but last year was maybe not real representative here. Probably a good segue. Now, I know we got to let Jay talk about dairy first, uh, and I got vegetables to get through, but this is kind of the thing. This is what has stalled the decline in soybean prices right here. Uh, here comes the ridge. I don't know if this is actually a, a high pressure ridge that's going to part, but when the weather forecast maps kind of white out, like Paige is going to show you in this time of the year, that's kind of the oh crap, because this is when it can kind of set in and get hot and stay hot. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, you can see I, I didn't stop and talk about it on corn, but I'll mention it here on beans. You can look at the, the slides when you get them. We are definitely improving things. We got only 43% of the U.S. soybean areas now in drought. That's a pretty big drop from last week. So seeing the same thing in the corn area, and it's just this moisture that we've had for the last three or four or five weeks. Did you see that Illinois as a state was up 12 percentage points on their uh, soybean ratings? No, I didn't. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Did they produce many beans there? Uh, a few. <laughs> I think yeah, what is uh, uh, I think Iowa's now number one hole, at least they were last year in corn and bean production. But Illinois is certainly the uh, one or two when it comes to beans and corn. Venture update, not going to spend a whole lot of time here. Palm oil is still the follower. The couple things I did want to quickly call out here. 
Um, North Dakota canola crop dropped 10% in the good to excellent category. And not completely sure I'm ready to believe that yet. That has been the part of North Dakota, because remember canola is planted way up north. Um, and when Paige gets to the weather maps, that has been the area as you cross the border then into Man Manitoba that has been uh, a bit drier, but a little surprised to see that drop. Sunflower is going the other way. Sunflower was actually up 4% last week, which was I think up almost 10% the week before. We're up to, we got two thirds of the sunseed crop looks uh, pretty good, pretty awesome. Now, that's mostly it, west, isn't it? Yeah, it's mostly west. It's a bit of a different spot that's got more rain. It's also a crop that I don't think needs as much. I think it's a crop that's pretty hardy uh, in the drier weather. So there you go on the uh, <coughs> vegetable slide. Jay, why don't you take us through what's going on in the dairy markets? Great. Good morning, Dave. Um, yeah, not a lot of changes in the dairy complex right now. You can see the futures on class three. We were up 2.9% versus last week. Um, spot cheese up 1.3 and spot butter up 2.7 versus last week. Again, this is the time of the year when milk production does go down. Um, we also get the switch from what milk is being produced does start to flow into the bottling plants to support schools. So we're starting to see that. And when you do that, um, that tightens things up. That means we have less cream available for Butter production and we get less cream production going into the ice cream category as a whole. So um, not much of a change because prices continue to firm. A couple different call outs I wanted to talk about. You guys were talking about the uh, WASDE report last Friday. The WASDE also covers the dairy complex and the protein complex. Uh, a few different call outs on it. The USDA did um, lower their milk production report our milk production for 2023, we were anticipating a 0.8% increase. Uh, they lowered it down two tenths, so we're down to 0.6%. So that'll tighten things up a little bit. Um, their price forecast for class three and cheese and butter were all up. So again, class three up 5.3% to 16.90. That's in comparison to last year, we're at 21.96 per hundred weight for class three. Cheese up 5.9% to $1.78. Again, a year ago in 2022, we were at $2.11 for the annual uh, price. And then last but not least, butter up 2.5% to around 250. Again, a year ago, uh, the average price for 2022 was at 2.87. So uh, some, some pretty uh, hefty changes on there, which is probably more reflective of what's going on in the futures market. If you go to the next slide, Dave, you can see on the forward curves for the products, again, not much of a change, but definitely on the higher side, but lower year over year. So um, more than likely, we've probably seen these prices will probably carry us all the way through into about Q4 until we see some softness as milk production increases. You know, as temperatures come down, milk production uh, will increase going into Q4. So kind of more of the same, but it was uh, the USDA, uh, again, Bumping those prices up on the products on class three cheese and, and butter was just more of a recognition of probably where the futures market is right now. So that's where we're at for on the dairy complex, Dave. Well, well thanks, Jay. What, uh, I wonder August production might be, I know we won't get it for what, another five or six weeks, but uh, you, that's going to be, you wonder how that's going to turn out because the first half of the month was beautiful. Cows would love to make milk in that kind of weather. It's going to get hot the last half of the month and probably uh, do some damage to production. So 
Yeah, and that's what's interesting about the dairy complex. You know, in the grain complex, you'll focus. You talk about canola oil up in North canola up in North Dakota. You talk about corn in Iowa and Illinois, Indiana, and across the belt. But when you look at dairy production, it's really regionalized, right? So you have the Northeast, you have the Upper that's Midwest, the you have the Central, you have the West Coast. You know, dairy cows and, and you know California. Um, and then you look at some of the states that have really increased over the last 10 years in dairy production, like Texas and New Mexico and the Southwest. So um, weather does impact that, but it, it's really split out regionally. So we'll see what happens. You're, you're right. The August the August number is going to be interesting when it gets published. All right. Well, thank you for that, Jay. Uh, as always, save the best for last. Paige, uh, why don't you take us through the weather? Yeah, so this is that past seven-day precipitation map, um, kind of backward-looking. We're still looking pretty good. Uh, most of the Corn Belt got some pretty pretty decent rains the past week. It's kind of when we shift um, our focus out forward that things look a little bit more worrisome. Um, if you look at the seven-day forecast, we have not seen this much white um, on a seven-day forecast in a while. Um, we've been getting some really Looks good like rains. <laughs> I know. <laughs> in may even um yeah this is the most white we've seen on this map in a long time um there's really no no rains to speak of really it looks like wisconsin and michigan are the only ones who are going to get some rain um this week um so this is a little bit worrisome and it's even more worrisome when you kind of flip to the longer term forecasts um Ugh. Yeah, so that 8 to 14 day takes you out basically to the end of the month. So this is basically showing you the last half of August, at least at this point, looks like it's going to be really hot and pretty dry, um, which is not ideal. Some of the rains that we have been getting, because um, we have been getting very good rains the past few weeks, those will carry us through for a little bit here, but... If these longer term forecasts kind of hold hot and dry, that might that might cause some issues um, by the time we get a week or two out here. So could definitely be better. Hopefully these kind of shift a little bit, but at this point they're not looking great. Kind of looking for one more rain to kind of get the bean crop to the finish line. So we needed it to kind of kind of straighten out and fly right here, don't we? Mm -hmm. And for what it's worth, I mean, we all know those 8 to 14 day forecasts can change in a hurry. So hopefully that happens. Um, switching gears here to Canadian weather. This is the past seven day accumulated rainfall map. Um, they got some really good rains up there. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're a little a little bit mad because most of them could have used them um, over the last month. But this will definitely help a lot of that later planted stuff. Yeah, this was that blue stripe that was on the seven day you showed us last week, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so like better, I said, we're, better we're, than nothing, but yeah, could have been there earlier. Yeah, I think I saw Saskatchewan was uh, maybe a couple percent harvested. I'll start putting that in. Um, the Canadian provinces report this stuff, but they don't report it real consistently. Uh, but we're probably just starting to scratch the surface in uh, Canada on canola harvest. Uh, just like we are up in North Dakota. All right, Paige, well, thank you very much. Um, as always, we'd love feedback. We'd love to hear how we could make this call better for you and more meaningful. Uh, there is our contact information. And as always, be careful out there.